What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I'm Dr. James Smith Jr. And welcome back to another episode of the Dr. James Show. We have a treat for you today. Get ready. Uh, before we dive in any further, I'm going to bring on our co-host with the most is Shannon Peck. Shannon, welcome. Happy Thanksgiving Eve Eve. <laughs> Thanksgiving. I'm so excited, Dr. James. I'm so excited. Why, why, why are you so excited? What's going to make this even different? You're always excited. I know, but for someone who is hosting Thanksgiving, although a uh, very small audience this year, I always like to up my game. And today, our guest, if you are hosting Thanksgiving at your home, if you're bringing a bottle of wine, you're going to want to tune in real closely today because we're going to learn about all things Thanksgiving as well as wine pairings. So I'm super excited because most of the time I don't know which wine to bring. And <laughs> I'm always wondering, how do I not dry out the turkey? So therefore, <laughs> make sure you pay close attention. Go on our website later today if you haven't gotten a chance to really tune in closely, but you're going to take it all in. You're going to learn something today, Dr. James. Well, well you're talking about taking your game to the next level. We, we're going beyond the next level. And for those of you who are watching, we're going to do something a little different. Shannon and I both are going to stay on the entire time. And Shannon's going to take the lead. She'll be the one driving this bus today. So I'm flying co-pilot. However, Shannon, before we go any further, why don't you share our chat room instructions? What do you want folks to do today even differently than they've done in the past? Well, now more than ever, you have an opportunity. You don't have to be six feet away from anyone. You don't have to have a mask on to get information. It's, 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 it's better than being first in line at the lunch meat counter. You are going to ask your questions through the chat room, your comments. These, we have a professional chef, a wine connoisseur with us today. So today you're gonna be light this chat room up ask your questions. Thanksgiving is just a few days away. Somebody, some folks are already starting to prep. So, you know, before you get any further, make sure you pay close attention, ask these questions. You might even be able to teach the, the chef a little something. A <laughs> right? little tidbit. So this is an opportunity for all of us collectively to share our experiences, write in your comments, ask those questions in the chat room. And uh, we're going to, we're going to be up live and close and personal with uh, all of our wines, chefs, and, uh, and Shannon, you said professional chef. No, we have a world-class chef, world-class. He's he's cooked and, and did the chef thing in San Juan. He's been in New York, been on numerous TV shows. He even worked at Budokan in Philly for a minute. Now he's at the Pyramid Club, world-class, get ready. And we have Samoyer. We have the general manager of the Pyramid Club and Rachel Barkley and Chef Silva will take care of our head and our heart and our vision for Thursday beginning right now. So let's welcome Chef Silva and let's welcome Rachel Barkley. How are you? So excited. So am I, so am I. Okay. Hey. Thank you for such an introduction. Yeah, really. Oh, I could keep going because I, I can't wait. I can't wait. Doing doing the research and, and looking at the places you've been in and Stephen Star restaurants. I mean, you, Shannon, watched you on Bobby Flay. I mean, I, I usually say the resume is too long, so we should just meet and talk. All right. Well, let, let's do it, Shannon. Take over. Well, before we get started, Chef, I know you have a. a lot to share with us today before we go there. Um, I'm a little starstruck from your experience and one, I'm a food network junkie where my family mm. starts to go into other rooms because it's that excessive. Now, I, I haven't done anything with what I've learned. I, I'm, I'm an observer and uh, I like to, you know, observe first and I'm super excited about today, but you were on Beat Bobby Flay. And for our viewers, those of you who haven't had an opportunity to see the television show, you were on there competing against another person 
with the secret ingredient, the right? secret ingredient. And you have to beat your competitor then to go up against Bobby Flay. Before you get to Bobby. Tell me a little bit about that experience. So, you know, so Beat Bobby Flay is one of the best shows on TV. It is exciting. Um, so the thing with, Bob, with meeting Bobby Flay at Beat Bobby Flay is that you don't get to meet him until like the initial shot where you see us. And it's all, it's all one take. So it's all live and we don't know what the secret ingredient is. And basically as a chef who grew, grew up in New York and grew up with like, you know, Bobby as a young chef growing up and, you know, doing all these beautiful, wonderful things in, in restaurants throughout New York City, I was also starstruck when I saw Bobby Flay. <laughs> so here I am like at the studio and it's like, and you know, they introduced us, I have to beat one chef. I have to basically go against another chef, beat him just to get to Bobby Flay. But then Bobby walks into the room and we are starstruck and I definitely was staring at Bobby Flay for a good five minutes before I started cooking. And then I, I realized I only had two I could hardly cut with the knife as it is. Could you imagine with your nerves? You're already blocked with like, cameras. You know, and then you have 20 minutes. I can't even. And tell, tell, tell our viewers, what was your secret ingredient? So our secret ingredient was, out of all things, cashews. <laughs> and I was like, cashews? I was expecting a duck, um, <laughs> you know, a purple chicken, something a, a weird fish you know maybe like a live lobster I was expecting something but not cashews I, I was I was at awe just looking at it and the first thing that jumped into my head was peanut sauce and the reason why it's peanut sauce is because it's not as thick as cashews so you know how many cashew butters are there they break that's why it's peanut sauce so cashews was a little tough to work with. Well, it was exciting to watch. And not only were you on Beat Bobby Flay, you were on season 14 of Top Chef, right? And the list goes on and on. So you've done that. So today, I would say would be a piece of cake, but it seems as if it's going to be a piece of turkey. So <laughs> I want to see something. What's what, what you got for us? What yeah, what, what's what's going on for today? What are you going to show us? Big piece of young turkey. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, so we wanted to prep um, for Thanksgiving, and we wanted to give the tidbits. So I wanted I I wanted to show the turkey before we cook it, and before we get it in our oven. Because the best part about the turkey is, like you said, some of us are already prepping. And the secret, really, this restaurant chef's secret to a moist turkey is brine. Mm. And, and brine, which I have a giant bucket here, brine is, um, is the key ingredient for all chefs. Because we add moisture because we cook this bird for so long. You know, so if you think of a normal chicken, you, you're talking about maybe a couple hours. So the math, the chef math is for every 20 pounds, I'm sorry, for, for every pound is 20 minutes. So that's how long your turkey should cook. And it varies in size. So if you go buy a supermarket turkey, this is why they put the exact poundage on that big tab. And the first thing everyone always does is just throw it away. <laughs> you have to keep that. You have to keep that and do the math and write, if I buy this turkey, you know, if I buy this 18 pound turkey, <laughs> I need to cook it for six plus hours. So I'm gonna buy this 14 pound turkey where I cook it for four and a half hours and I'll be safe. So we shouldn't take for granted that there's gonna be a popper in there every time. That tells you when it's finished because because I, I have been tricked in the past, Chef. Yes. I've been tricked in the past. But before we start with you telling us about Brian, I wanted to introduce Rachel, who is the general manager, like Dr. James said, of the Pyramid Club. And um, Rachel, we're excited and we're going to come to you in a few moments, but you're going to tell us about wine pairings and um, how we can really upstage our, our, our bottle game when we go to uh, somebody's house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
And I, and I want to learn a little bit about your sommelier experience. I, I'm very curious to hear about that. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think it's very good that you switched to me before he goes into the brining. Because <laughs> the most important thing about wine at Thanksgiving is the wine you drink while you're cooking. While you're cooking. Right? <laughs> um, or while you're hosting. I just, I don't want you to drink the whole thing. Yeah. I'll force you like we would say. Now it feels right. Yeah. So, you know, I'll force our first. Um, you know, the thing is, I learned along the way, though, is that you need to make sure you don't pick like a huge cab. And the reason that is, is because you have 15% alcohol by volume for yes. one glass, right? So, Rachel, along the years, has learned not only do I like sparkling more, but also it's only like 11 and a half percent. So Rachel will last a little longer and she, <laughs> she won't be five <laughs> too much by the time it's time to sit. Because you know, when you're cooking Thanksgiving, oh, yeah. not only are you not hungry by the no. time you sit, you also really don't need any wine. So, <laughs> so I always like to start everybody who's helping me cook. And, and for those of you who don't know me very well, I'm like very control freak. So I have like a menu that's printed no. and pairing. I know, Jim, it's, it's very, very Those are the fun little things that you should do even at yeah. home. Cause you know, it's, it's a little template on your computer. So it, you should make it fun. Yeah, and like, I think, I think um, we skip on that sometimes. The and little like nuances of having a little printed menu, even if people aren't, you know, getting something all a cart, like a composed plate, yeah. like it just adds a nice little touch as well as like the napkins and things like that. But so I'll always start um, um, to get everybody out of my way. <laughs> so everybody, meaning my father, um, he, uh, similar to me as a control freak, I'll start in with a glass of sparkling or maybe like a light red or rosé. Um, so can't go wrong with rosé. You can't ever go wrong with pink. And if you have pink bubbles, even better. Um, so, you know, uh, for three and a half years, I worked at... Um, Hamanera, which is a Spanish tapas concept. Um, so I'm very, very, um, I'm very biased. I really like cava, so like a rosé mm -hmm. cava. Uh, this is not a cava because it's not from Spain, but it's a it's a California sparkling, um, and it's very good value for price. Um, as far as the wines that I get in for the program here, I do like to get like the steakhouse calves that people know. But I also like value for price. So that takes me to California a lot. That mm -hmm. takes me to Spain a lot. Um, and I like to mix those in. So this is uh, by Days of Youth, uh, which is a really cool, funky really label. Cool um, all the wines, consequently, that we get to see, it looks like a little diver. It's yeah. called the diver. It would look even better if it was here with me. <laughs> Wouldn't it? We could probably we could ship it. <laughs> so one of the things about the wine program at, at uh, at the Pyramid Club is that I, I don't get any wines that you can get at the store. Hmm. Um, and that's not to be in competition with them, but it's to provide, you know, a more of a service for our members. So it's an amenity. So people can say, you know, Rachel, I want a case or two of Italian reds from, you know, wherever. And the Barolo, I want Barolos and I can get them for them as long as they're available. Um, so that's one of the nice things, you know, if you know that you like this wine, that's always in the store, that's great. You can get it there. But if you know that you want something special for an event like Thanksgiving yeah. with your family, you can come here. It's a special sommelier select that, you know, someone like Rachel can actually have, have access to versus like if you and I were to go to the store. So it's, it's actually, it's a little more time consuming on her part, but she can get you exactly <laughs> what you want in that preference. And that is actually truly amazing uh, to bring that here to the Pyramid Club, but also for her to provide that for us. That's good, that's good. Yeah, so this is a sparkling, it's a, it's a blend of Chard predominantly Chardonnay, but also a little uh, Pinot Noir. Um, and it's from all over California. It's it's not an estate blend. Oh, there she is, you have a multitude. I have a variety today. I oh, very wow. nice. Okay. I, I like, like to prepare for these shows. <laughs> yeah, you oh, we, we're gonna do this more. Yeah, right? Yes, we do. Um, but I think the trick, the big trick, and I'll, and I'll let Chef get into the burning interviews very shortly. Um, I think the trick is not to try to pair with the thing, the things exactly that you're serving, because what a wide array you have at Thanksgiving, right? So you want to pick things that are versatile and go with everything. Bubbles go with everything. Bubbles go with nothing, which is a great thing. Yeah. Um, so I always like to start with a sparkling. You can drink it all through the meal. You can drink it anytime, dessert, what have you. So Cheers, cheers. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Brian time, Brian time. After she said California and a little Pinot, I had to taste it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is nice and um, 
toasted almond and you know kind of like a brioche thing stewed apple you know what you're right because this this drink well by itself but i can see anything salty or fatty going with it yeah absolutely. so i mean even like a citrus dressing or a vinaigrette on a salad or even a bit of spinach will go with this or your so. coffee and fatty sounds like my diet so i'm gonna have to <laughs> yeah i'll make sure i get the name of that bottle <laughs> I'll give it to you. I'll pass yeah, it off to it's you. Such, it's such a fun bottle, too. It's called the Diver, but the, the old traditional, like almost um, old school Navy. I call it Diver. Beef Man, but it's a Diver, apparently. I don't know what the helmet difference is, but yeah. Those are the well, old, I love it. I love it. And I'm ready to. The Naval training uh, ones that they used to go back in the days. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love diving into a glass of wine, but I really want to dive into this brine. So, so yes. Chef. How do we get started? So how to educate us and the audience on this brining? Because I have to admit, I don't know about you, Dr. James. I know you you cook a lot. Have you? I've never brined anything. You, I burn things, but I've never brined. I, you know. So here, here well, my, my new mentor is about to tell us. <laughs> my secret, the secret from me to you, if you will never burn your turkey, if you're brining. Mm -hmm. So basically, you know, the. Turkey itself, it's, it has like a rough outer skin. Let me get this guy. Let me get this bird out of out. And, and the best thing about brining is it's okay if the turkey's frozen. You watch your mouth. That's the best part. So I've heard this one horror story where... Um, and again, <laughs> I've never heard this before, but there's this whole horror story where someone put a whole frozen turkey in the oven, mm. like literally open it and put it oh in the my. oven. No. After five hours, it wasn't cooked. And she was like, I did everything right. Wait, you know, and, you know my mother-in-law? <laughs> yeah. Hopefully my husband's not watching. <laughs> and like you said, that's not possible because there's no such thing. Everyone knows, you know, either you have that big sink, you leave it out the night before, or you put it in a big pot. So they have these big um, eagles, <laughs> five-gallon buckets, right? I yeah. saw it at Home Depot. And, and as a chef, I wanted to go out and buy, like, 20 of them <laughs> for the turkey for the turkey that we're doing here for Pyramid Club. And, and I'm at Home Depot, and my wife is like, what are you doing? <laughs> We cannot buy buckets. No one has that fridge where you can fit a five-gallon bucket. So I said, what are you talking about? Yes, they do. So after the five-minute argument, she won. Yeah. And I found, <laughs> I found these beautiful little grinding bags on uh -huh. Amazon. On Amazon. And the best part is, is it's completely waterproof and it's like a big liner. So we have like these cryovac bags. So this is supposed to, this can weigh up to a 30 pound turkey. Oh my. So I can put, uh, and I'm going to test it. So He's putting it in. Pro product test, <laughs> product test. <laughs> Got me? So you said that's an 18 pound turkey? So no, well this turkey itself is about, uh, is 14 pounds, 14 pounds. So this is, uh, not bad. Not oh bad. yeah, look at that. So this is uh, this particular turkey is actually a green circle turkey that we get uh, from a farm here uh, that has been raised, certified humane. We get it from D'Artagnan Farms um, out in New York, but it's um, actually but they work with uh, Lancaster Farm here in Philly. So it's actually the company is in New York, but we come back to Philly when it comes to the to birds like turkeys. Actually, Philly, I believe, Philly is very uh, famous for turkeys. And the turkey that we get at the White House is from Philly. Wow. So, yeah, it's from one of the farms here in Pennsylvania. So, Chef, do you ever do organic turkeys? Well, this, this one is organic uh, and certified humane. So I, I prefer and I like more. And the one thing with the certified or the organic turkeys, it's not going to have the popper. So it's not going to have the popper just because it's more fresh. This turkey was actually just slaughtered for us. Um, so uh, for the Pyramid Club, I, I pre-ordered about um, 20 turkeys, uh, you know, for Thanksgiving. So these were just slaughtered for me and they, I, they just got shipped. So, um, so they don't have 
you know, kind of like the process stuff because sure, they're certified sure. humane. But they also don't have the popper. But I also found that you can buy the poppers. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can, can also buy anything. Buy the poppers. You know, if you don't trust yourself, you can also buy the poppers. But the, uh, the other secret to the perfect turkey is 20 minutes for every single pound. And then you should have a moist turkey. But the true, true, true secret is this beautiful brine. So brine is basically a mixture of salt. There is about 10%, 10 to 15% uh, sugar. And the sugar is going to help your skin caramelize and give it that nice chestnut color. So in this packet, um, you know, it's about five, a five ounce packet. I have a mixture of black pepper, a little coriander seeds, um, two bay leaves, and about a cup of sugar. I'm sorry, a cup of salt. <laughs> See, even the chef. Uh, about a cup of salt and um, about three tablespoons of sugar. So now um, there are dark brown sugar um, brines. Um, there's rock sugar that you can use. But in this, I'm just using granulated white sugar. So let me ask you this, Chef. Can you screw it up? Can you, let's just say, be, can you, come on. Can you screw the brine up? Yes. So, okay, here, this is how you screw the brine up. Never add your brine to your turkey directly. Oh, or let's not oil the turkey before we put it in the bag, people. Exactly. Okay? The, like, so this is pure salt. <laughs> so what you want to do is you want to dilute it. Okay. So again, this is about um, four ounces of salt. When the, all the mixture is done, all together is about four ounces. And here I have a gallon and a half, a gallon of, and a half. Of, of water. Okay. So I have a gallon and a half and then my big spoon. Now, does the water have to be a certain temperature? Let me bring this up. Um, temperature, warm, cold? No, so, so this brine, because it's perfectly measured, um, I just use cold water. Okay. And we are just going to stir until all the salt is diluted. Okay. So before, um, before I you know, package this, because we made it here at Pyramid Club, I wanted to test it. So our members are not like, oh my God, is it a gallon? Is it two gallons? Yeah. So what I did is I made a batch and I made it with one gallon of, of water, two gallons of water, a gallon and a half of water wow. to see where my salt level is. So this is, that's why I said don't ever put your brine directly in your turkey, put it in a big container, stir it. And for my recipe, it's a gallon and a half of water for about four ounces of salt. Great. So, but if you are tasting it, right, and once once you, you stir it off, you taste the water itself, it should be almost like beach water, right? When you go to the beach mm. and you get just a little, yeah. and it's salty, but it's not like, you know. You let like one of those waves make a sneak attack on you? Yeah, it's not like you have to spit it out or it's the end of the world. So <laughs> that, that, that's what you're looking for, right? And, and for those of us who wants it a little lighter, you know, because we're watching our sodium, because, you know, we are men of that age. <laughs> uh, so you can add another half gallon of water. And so you can do a two gallon batch where it's a little lighter. But um, I would suggest almost beach water is what you're looking for when you taste this. And only because we are gonna uh, take, we are gonna take this I'm gonna need you to hold the bag. Hold the bag, okay. Um, and we're gonna pour this over our turkey. See, I was about to make the mistake that I wanted to tell you not to make. Mm, Don't forget the giblets. Oh, yes. The giblets, right? We all always um, have to, you know, that's why you need the gloves. The giblets are always inside, even when it's an organic, uh, you mainly raise turkey, whereas this one, I just got the big old turkey knife. And don't throw this away. Keep this in your brine. This will add flavor. Oh. Throw this in your pan. This will give you that beautiful gravy um, in the end. So don't throw this away. It looks a lot different than a non-organic turkey, I'll tell you that. It's, it's you know, the, the meat is going to be a little richer. It's going to be a little brinder. So, uh, Chef, what happens if you forget to remove it? Well, the thing is, so so when you look at the commercial turkeys, they put it, they put the giblets in a bag yeah. uh, before they put it in. 
So if you forget to remove it, what's happening is like it's steaming almost. So you're going to uh, steam the gizzard and st steam the innards. And they never truly cook, but it gives it almost that bloody flavor. And you can smell that bloody aroma coming out of the oven in the cavity of your turkey. Okay. And that's, you know, you don't want that. That actually kind of ruins the aroma of your turkey, not necessarily the taste because the cavity's there. And don't forget um, the plastic that holds the legs together too. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good I'm not speaking it's, from experience. People, I'm not speaking from experience. I mean, I, I I'm on. The, I read the internet. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. That's your story, right? That's it's your story. So I mean, so so <laughs> the best part about grinding the turkey is that this is the perfect way to defrost your turkey. So the night before Thanksgiving, um, you know, you usually do the prep with a beautiful glass of rosé. Brine the turkey, put it in the bag, put it with the salted water, and then put it in your fridge. You know, defrost it naturally. If it's completely frozen, I would say leave it out for an hour or two, but don't completely defrost outside. I would always defrost, I'd rather defrost or brine in my fridge for one or two days mm -hmm. versus, oh my God, I have a frozen turkey, let me leave it outside. So, um, so that, that's the better suggestion. One or two days in your fridge if you're buying a frozen turkey. And hopefully you're getting it before, before Thanksgiving. So you don't yes. have yes. one day. And so now, Chef, we brine it. It sits in we your fridge. It. It's marinated nice and well. It's a guaranteed, yes. like, you will not burn your turkey. Which you will not burn your turkey. It's not going to be dry. And so then now we pull it out of the fridge. It's the next morning, you know, for me, I'm having a cup of coffee, probably three. And then now what do I do? I'm, I, I'm brined. I'm good to go. I'm golden. So, so if I do you're brined and you're good to go, one of the worst things I've been reading is that everyone tells you to pat your turkey dry. You mm -hmm. do not need to pat your turkey dry. So with the brine, you're going to rinse your turkey, right? You're going to rinse the turkey because it's been sitting in, in basically this salt bath. Right. So what you're going to do is you're going to rinse your turkey and then you're going to put it in your roasting pan. You're going to tuck the legs in or tie it with a butcher string. And then you're going to either use some beautiful extra virgin olive oil or some melted butter. Mm. And you're going to brush your whole turkey um, generously. Right. So nice, soft and butter, generously um, paintbrush um, your turkey and then season it. So, and seasoning could be something as easy as salt and crushed black pepper and something as complicated as salt, black pepper and add pink peppercorn or coriander, a little rosemary, a little thyme, really truly what you, what you like. Um, Chef, Chef you, you mentioned extra virgin olive oil. Yes. Is there a particular brand or, or type or just generic? You know, I love, I love California um, extra virgin olive oil. Um, I myself, when cooking, olive oil is one of those things, extra virgin olive oil is one of those things that give a distinct flavor, mm -hmm. right? So if you use just regular olive oil, it's a little lighter, but extra virgin carries that aroma. So that aroma is gonna give your, your turkey that nice crispy skin because not to mention, the brine had a little sugar in it and that already soaked into the turkey, right? So you kind of almost create this layer and this glaze over the turkey skin that's naturally gonna come, in, come after it's been cooked for a while. So basically because of all, all the brine in the turkey, you just infuse all this liquid extra um, humidity almost into the turkey, the, 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 the meat, the skin, and now you're gonna put it in the oven about 20 minutes for every pound. And when you look at a 14 pound turkey, that's four hours at least. Chef, and what's the temperature on that for those? So my perfect temperature is I like 375. Mm. I think 350 don't give you that beautiful chestnut skin. And I think 395 burns your turkey. There's, um, I mean, there is a lot of recipes, but you know, the one that where you put your oven at 400 for 20 minutes and then lower it. I'm sorry, don't do that one. Don't do that. that one doesn't work. That's, that's not what 
that's not how you get the nice crispy skin turkey because you have to imagine the turkey, uh, the skin itself, it's, it's naturally going to brown because it's in the oven for such a long time. Mm -hmm. So brushing it with butter or brushing it with a little extra virgin olive oil because that's a nice, thick, flavorful oil versus something very light like um, corn oil or, or canola oil because those are very light. You know, when you feel them, the texture and the density. Um, so you want something that's thick and that's going to stick to the skin of the bird. Now, Steph, to, the next question is, to stuff the turkey or not to stuff the turkey is the You know what? We go over to Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Do you stuff your turkey? Yeah. Always? The stuffing's like the main event for my family. No, but I mean, do you stuff the turkey? <laughs> you stuff, like, yeah, we stuff the stuffing it. We have side stuffing. Wait, you have stuffing? We got side stuffing? We have a flight of stuffing. Wow. Yeah. So you know what? So it must be a chef thing for me. I, I, always, like my, I always like my stuffing on the side. Because you want a full composed dish of stuffing. Like he's yeah, like, I've never stuffing. understood the stuffing and then more stuffing. Yeah. Because okay. I don't want the stuffing in the turkey. I want the turkey to taste like turkey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want my stuffing to taste like turkey. Well, but, there you you know, uh, but you know what? When it comes to stuffing, and I, I get a little old school, right? Um, I like the smoked ham hock. Mm. Okay. Right? Mm. I, or the smoked turkey wings that you buy separately. Yes, yes. You pick the meat off and then you toss it in your stuffing. And then, you know, by itself, it's a composed dish because you have that smoky flavor that you're not getting from the turkey. And you don't want that, you know, right? Um, but I like on the side, <laughs> adding my meat, either ham, smoked ham or smoked turkey um, in my stuffing. And I cook it in a, in a little, you know, like a cake dish. I love it. You know so those glass cake dish that they don't have anymore, like those Pyrex cake dish? Yeah. <laughs> I love those things. I don't know why. Maybe I just can't find them anymore. So speaking on the side, <laughs> hey, Chef and Rachel, speaking on the side, Rachel, what side, why now? Where Where are we now with the next yeah, What did you just open up? I saw you open uh, No. I just noticed this one wasn't open, so that's why I opened it. Uh, I need you to finish this, sir. Oh, yes. Um, wine so you can taste it with me. Yeah, you can't. You can drink alone. Okay. You, you okay. Have, no one should ever drink alone, especially on Thanksgiving prep day. Mm -hmm. So uh, the one size fits all wine that you can bring with you if you yes. take nothing away from this is Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir. So no matter what, it's a home run. Whether you go out to a group dinner or a Thanksgiving dinner, somebody's eating turkey, they're not eating turkey, they're vegetarian, they're just on the veggies, they're just on the stuffing platter. Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir will fit any Thanksgiving occasion. Yes. However, I wouldn't be me if I told you we don't have a Pinot Noir here. But <laughs> I, have, I do have a substitution for that, which people will be like, oh my God, I've never heard of that. Um, so we have a Mencia here from Bierzo. Uh, Bierzo is uh, from Northwest Spain, um, actually near Galicia. Um, and it has, uh, it's almost identical to Pinot Noir, but it's got a little more going on. So it has, you know, some nice sour cherry, some cranberry, which if you are a cranberry household, um, will go really well with that. But it's also just nice and versatile. Um, it's Medium body, you can get some that are more light body, but it has a nice acidity, which will really cut through any sort of fat you have in any dish. Rachel, you know, what's the name of it again? What's the name? It's called a Mencia. So it's M-E-N-C-I-A. And it's one of those uh, great value Spanish reds I mentioned. Um, so, you know, if you're looking to like fill your house with like maybe a case of wine, right? You can certainly go um, to the store and find this. This I believe is like, $14. I mean, this is like a very nice, well-made red that people haven't heard of that you can kind of like flash around. Isn't a Pinot Noir? And you can be like, this is from Spain. And for the nose on this, like when the smell it, when you smell it out of the glass, don't don't tell anyone it's 14. Yeah. Never say the price. That's does, correct. Can we dispel the myth? Can we dispel the myth that there are inexpensive, really good wines? Really good wines. Absolutely yes. are. Yes, they are. Yeah. And I mean, you know, then a higher price point comes with, you know, you can get Mencias that are, that are in the 29 to $60 range for sure. I mean, you have back vintages and things like that, but you know, this is a 2017 and 
I mean, you know, it's, so it's a little young, but the nose on it, it just smells like vines. It's, Can it's, we also dispel the myth that if it has a screw top versus a cork, <laughs> we can dispel that myth. Not only yeah, is it, not only is it good, but it's convenient, and you can open it anywhere. You can open it anywhere, literally, and it's called a Stelvin closure. Um, if you want to be like, it's not a screw cap, and thank you for not judging me any further. It's called a Stelvin. <laughs> Shout out to you. I, I remember when. Oh, you mean the Stelvin? When wine wasn't wine if it did not have a cork. Yeah. So it actually preserves wine like a full like percentage and a half or something more than a cork than a does. Cork, yeah. So and it doesn't fall in. And it doesn't fall in. And you can still like if it has a screw cap, you can still make a little spectacle of opening it. I mean, you don't have to like you know <laughs> open it like that. Like well, I can go back to my reunities. That that was a no no. <laughs> You can feel a little finesse when you open the self enclosure, but yeah. So Mencia is definitely, I, I actually have like two of these and I'm bringing it to my parents' house. Um, and it's only, it's 13, 13%. So this is like right middle of the road for red, pretty low for red. Um, and this is definitely one you can drink during the meal. Um, I'd probably stay away from the third one we're going to try today, but um, yeah, this is, Pinot Noir works, but if you get to a store that has a bigger variety, Mencia works beautifully. All right, I love it. So Chef, where are we with the brining? Because I have some other questions for you. Um, yes, so, so the best part about the brining is like, once you mix all your salt and your sugar and, and all your thyme, all you have to do is patiently wait. So you need to brine your turkey six hours at least right? Okay. At least six hours or overnight. Um, and honestly, for us, so we have a brine whole chicken here at the Pyramid Club, and we brine, we brine for a full 32 hours. So we brine in the mid-afternoon because that's when the delivery comes in, and we don't touch the bird. We date all the, all the brining, and we don't touch the bird the whole next day, and we don't use it until service, which is at five o'clock. So we end up brining for almost um, 30, uh, 32 to 38 hours. So you can brine as long as you want because the, salt, the sodium um, in the water is not going to get, you know, it's not, you're not going to get more salty mm -hmm. if you brine your turkey longer. Yeah. Right? So Chef, sodium... Chef, there's a question in the chat room. It says, yes. please, please repeat cooking temperature for turkey. Also, does the one pound for every 20 minutes apply to raising a chicken, uh, cook, baking a chicken too? Yes. So the 20, 20 minutes for every pound applies to every bird above four pounds. So when you get to quail and squab and pigeon and stuff like that, it's, it's, it's just that math doesn't work. Mm -hmm. But any bird that's about three to four pounds, which is a very small chicken, uh, that math works. And that is what we use in the kitchen. Um, also, your internal temperature, your internal temperature needs to read at least 165 and um, to 185. Mm -hmm. So 165 to 185 between those two. 165 being the lowest temperature. So you're going to find the largest part of the breast, right? And you're going to stick your thermometer about here, basically. So basically where the poppers are, are, right? And that's why the poppers pops. The poppers are internal uh, thermometers. So when the, breast, um, when the breast meat reaches uh, 165, the poppers pop. So a lot of people don't, don't realize that, but that's the perfect temperature uh, for your turkey. So, um, so between 165 and 185, and when your popper pops, that means basically your breast meat is cooked and and one other thing with turkeys, people don't realize. So if you've been cooking your turkey for four, five, six hours, you're not allowed to eat it the minute you take it out of the oven. Mm -hmm. You have to allow the turkey to rest. So there needs to be a, a good 20, 30 minutes where you just turn your oven off because your popper pop. And, and you just allow the turkey to naturally just sit because all the juices are boiling, right? All the... All the, all the fat, all the fat is glistening, all the juice is boiling and everything's like, you know, running around. So basically you turn your oven off and you allow the juices to settle and your meat 
and your breast meat, your dark meat, then soaks in all that juice because it has nowhere to go because you created that seal uh, with the skin and you've created the seal with the inner cavity of the turkey, which is the bone. So now the, the liquid has nowhere to go. I see you shaking your head. No, I was going to ask you, did you, have you ever had a bad turkey experience <laughs> where I something, something went wrong? I personally, no. <laughs> <laughs> Can you make up one? <laughs> you know what? So, so, so my, sister, my sister does this thing where, um, where she, it, it's either Christmas or, or Thanksgiving. So she's like, I'll cook for Christmas. You cook, you cook for Thanksgiving. And, you know, we choose, right? Because usually um, we all go to our house and everybody comes over to my house. But she does this thing where she lays everything out in the kitchen. And then she does exactly what Rachel does. She opens a bottle of wine. Or she has like big stem glasses around. Sometimes she doesn't even open the wine. She just has beautiful glasses around. Like she just lays them randomly around the kitchen, you know, which is where glasses should not be. Just random empty glasses around the kitchen. Or she'll go, you know what? I got this wine. And this is the worst part. My sister does not drink. <laughs> she usually does not have wine but she will lay all the ingredients out especially the turkey and she's like i'll cook everything else but that that bird that that's yours <laughs> so, so as long as there's wine and and she lays everything out and she'll be like have you seen the carrot <laughs> this is how you get chefs to cook when when you tell them it's their day off you just exactly. out and ask them have you seen the carrot and then she'll hide the carrot and have everything out. So I'll go in the fridge, I'll look for the carrot. And as soon as I'm looking for the carrot, I just get into it. And I'm like, well, what's the onions? You can't have a carrot without That's an good. onion, That's without good. a celery, because you know we're making marijuana, right? Like we are starting to chop oh, it. So are we? Is that what we're doing? So wait, there's no stuffing in the bird. So what are all the veggies about over there? So hold up, hold up, hold up. Before, the, before the veggies. Yes. <laughs> Question from the chat room. How do you feel about marinating or injecting turkeys? Ooh, ooh. So marinating is tricky. So um, some marinades, depending on what it is, I would say it has to be a light marinade. Because remember, you're cooking the turkey for almost four hours. So whatever marinade you have is going to get concentrated and concentrated. Say if it's like an herb marinade with a lot of parsley and garlic. So parsley and garlic is going to get darker and darker and darker. Mm -hmm. And after three hours, you really cannot control the bitterness. Yeah. So I would lightly marinate. If not, I would cook my turkey for a good two hours and then apply my marinade for the last two or the last hour and a half. So then you can at least control how dark your marinade will be once your turkey is cooked. And it will still stick on, you know, it will still stick because after two hours, your skin is just getting um, tough and it's just getting glistening where it's starting to get crispy. So you can then add a marinade. So chef, I'm all about hacks and we're talking about different ways yes. to do this. And I don't, I, in a moment, you're gonna tell me what you're doing with those vegetables. I imagine they're going the bottom of your pan with your turkey, but um, what do you know about this? Turkey bags for oven bags? Oh if my God. Have you ever in all your life? I have, I have, I, to, have. I have. So I my do. sister got me one and I was like, what is this? Yeah. So I tried it to this see if it works. Way, a turkey, perfect, perfect <laughs> TV turkey. Perfect TV turkey. Where's the picture? Right there. <laughs> Just saying. So we, tr we tried it to see if it works. So, so, so the whole art behind that oven turkey bag is that it keeps all your moisture in and your turkey is bubbling inside all this beautiful fat and, and moisture, so it creates this little vacuum. Yeah, yeah your oven does that. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag duh. <laughs> your oven does that. You I know, and I look like a superhero every Thanksgiving. <laughs> so your all oven right. does that. All so the, what, are we doing, what are we doing, Chef, with our mirror pop? Where, how, how, where do we go next? So for additional flavor, right? So the cavity of your turkey, because unlike Barclay over here, I don't stuff my turkey. <laughs> I like my stuffing on the side with a little smoked turkey wings. But the cavity of your turkey should not be 
uh, ignoring. Okay. So you're gonna add a big bunch of thyme. You're gonna add half of a, a bulb of garlic and you're gonna chop one onion, one celery, two carrots. And if you're really French, about half a pound of butter. <laughs> but, okay, you don't need, we don't really need the butter, but you can add all of those things inside the cavity of your turkey. And then you're gonna get that beautiful aroma, that carrot, that celery. And when you put this turkey in the middle of the table, it's gonna smell like this beautiful organic turkey mm. from a farm, because you're secretly a farmer, right? And, and it's all gonna be from the cavity because the cavity of the turkey, all that smell is gonna come out. The carrots, the onions, cause it's been cooking for four and a half hours. And it's just gonna come out like this big bouquet, almost roses and, and garden uh, smell. And that's where all that smell is gonna come from. It's gonna come from the cavity of the turkey. Um, if you add butter, butter is actually going to caramelize in the cavity mm. of the turkey and it's going to caramelize all your vegetables versus just steaming your vegetables if you don't add um, if you don't add that amount of butter. So again, you can control the butter. You don't need a whole half pound like I yeah. do. But that's my secret. And on the bottom of my turkey, because you mentioned, I put potatoes. Oh. Like potatoes. I um, if they're large potatoes, I slice them in half. Um, if they're small fingerling potatoes, I, I leave them whole. I simply just wash them and do a nice layer of potatoes, and all that butter comes out, and all that fat from the turkey comes out, and it is like one of the best potatoes ever, because it's basically you're you're frying. Your oven roasting and frying because the, the potatoes are going to soak in all the amount of fat. And then you're going to have just the, um, the liquid, the moisture from the turkey. And that's going to end up steaming your turkey from the bottom. So I suggest potatoes. And so do you still have to baste it because you brine, it was brined or? No. Okay. And then we cover it with foil the entire time. Do we take it? off yeah. after yeah that's that's a good question again. shannon in the chat room someone yeah. says should you i'm gonna ask about the foil so, tinted and foil so this the whole um foiling over and the steaming again I, you don't really need that if you cook it properly um if you are because you're adding so much moisture by brining your turkey the day before you no longer need to capture the moisture by adding a piece of foil over the turkey. Good to know. Yeah, so you know, you're know you skipping a step, basically. So All you right. can skip I'm that step this. if you're blind. <laughs> chef, chef, you're creating the questions. You're creating the questions. Yes. Another question says, what about cooking in a roaster oven? A roaster oven? I like a roaster oven, um, but for a turkey, for a, for a bird this size, it's gonna take much longer. So, the 20 minutes for per pound, you should definitely internal check the turkey. Because the one thing with a roaster, uh, with a roaster oven, because of the circular motion, right, you get that beautiful outside skin, but it's almost deceiving mm. because you don't know internally how hot everything is going, is going. So definitely just check. And I, and I love in, uh, internal, um, I love injecting. Um, I do have a giant turkey needle. And what I do is, you know, the great, like I make gravy ahead of time and I inject gravy into my turkey. Okay. <laughs> that's like- I'm on my way. <laughs> <laughs> that's the secret, like inject gravy into your turkey. So um, it will stay moist. Or, you know, if you didn't get a chance to make the gravy, inject chicken stock right? Chicken stock or beef stock. So use the nice, beautiful turkey needle and inject in the breastplate area um, chicken stock or a little beef stock yeah. um, in, in your turkey. Again, it will keep it extra. Well, chef, chef since you're dropping pearls and secrets right now. <laughs> We're dropping chef secrets. What's, what's the secret to making 
the phenomenal leftovers. You know, leftovers. Okay, so when it comes to leftovers, we go really French and we go breakfast friendly, right? Um, pot pies. Yes. Pot pies. When it comes to leftovers, turkey pot pies, especially in the morning, are the Ooh. best things ever. <laughs> because you can use your leftover vegetables, you can use your leftover turkey, you can use your leftover gravy. All you do is mix it all in a bowl with one egg and your leftover pie crust, and you put it in your pie crust and you have pot pies. Like it's one of the best, and it's one of the things that, um, as a chef, we know, like you know, to make a pot pie, and and it's all beautiful, the the chunky meats, but it's so easy to make when all the ingredients is right in front of you, yeah. because you already have the vegetables, you already have your turkey, and you have your gravy that's going to be your nice thick moisture. So pot pies is my secret. So chef, aside from, from leftovers, you know, I'm all about these holiday hacks because I feel like yes. there's so much to do. Um, can you tell us, Dr. James, Rachel, and all of the viewers, what is something that we can, or that you have bought in the store that wouldn't be worth really making from scratch that your guests don't know the difference that we waste our time on? <laughs> so something that my guests think I make from scratch. So yes, um, or that you've learned it's not worth it because they don't know the difference anyway, and you save yourself. Is there anything that so, we can hack? <laughs> what did you say? What did you say? She's like she buys miracle. She, she buys these chopped already. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm talking about. Yes, things like that. No, no one will know if you buy these chopped. No. Um, you know what? For me, it's gonna be. Peel squash. Oh. Peel squash. Like it's 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 a prep. You have to peel it. You have to take away the seeds. But if you notice a, a, a whole squash, I, I'm holding this up like it's a squash. A whole squash and a peel squash, when you look at the price point, they are about the same. Mm. So um, peel squash, because I do a squash soup. Um, quickly and I like to add squash to my vegetable to keep it very pumpkin-y. Uh, pilled squash or pilled pumpkin um, is, you know, because unless you have that good peeler, yeah, you cannot properly peel a pumpkin or peel a squash. And everybody use the knife to try to go around it, which is the worst thing ever. This is how yeah, then you wind up in the ER. This is how cut fingers happen. <laughs> a squash was never meant to be peeled with a knife, no yeah. matter the size of the knife. Uh, a squash was always meant to be peeled with a peeler. And unless you have a sharp peeler, you are not peeling that squash. You're peeling your hand. So peel squash, uh, peel squash is my, is my pet peeve. Um, my other secret is um, pumpkin pie crust. Mm. So when I have time, I make my perfect pat cuisine, which is, you know, flour, butter, egg. But you have to leave it in the fridge for 24 hours or else you can't roll it. You know, like a nice pie, pie, crust, uh, pie uh, dough. And sometimes you forget. And sometimes I'm like, oh, my God, I did not make pie. And... And it is true, not all chefs are bakers, not all chefs know how to do dessert, but yeah. all chefs know how to make pie. <laughs> <laughs> that is a secret dessert. We know how to make pie. Um, and, and, you know, the pre-made pie crust, don't be shy, it's okay. It's okay, because <laughs> what, what you're putting inside of it is handmade, and that is what they will truly taste. That's good. So the the pre-made pie crust is okay. Chef, another, another quick secret. Someone in the chat room says, if you don't have a brine bag at this late date, what else can you use? Hey, you know, you got you can go the old school chef style, an ego's bucket at Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. An ego's bucket at Home Depot. Um, any large container um, will do. Um, what are those bins? You can even get like those Zip bins line. that you like. The bins, yeah, the bins. That you get from Target. The, Yes, yeah. like the, the, little the, the little storage bins yeah. that, you know, you're supposed to put your sweaters on. 
just, you know, wash it, buy a new one, you know. If you're spatially challenged like me, though, make sure you, like, really know how big the turkey is. You know, you know the other thing? Or buy so, the turkey at Target. So, oh, here's a big <laughs> So, you know, in your refrigerator, right, you know how there's a vegetable bin and there is a fruit bin? If you remove the fruit bin, it is exactly the size of a 16-pounder. Wow. Oh, that's wow. a good one. Oh, love that hack. I I'm love glad you heard that on the Dr. James show. The Dr. James show. You heard it here first. We got all the hats today because so, this actually is a great idea. But these are the things that I do at home and I don't tell anybody. So you know. oh, I love it. I love it. And so, you know what, Chef, let me ask you this question. What is the greatest reward for you for being a chef? What's your greatest reward? You know what? Um, for me, truly, is connecting. And it's the, look, I'm getting all TV. Um, it's connecting and it's the shared memory mm. that I share with the guests because, um, you know, so I grew up in New York. Um, I worked at Jean-Georges and I worked at Aquavit, which are very high-end restaurants. But my very first restaurant was the Sign of the Dove. And the Sign of the Dove back in the days were where like Marlon Brando and Marilyn Monroe, that's where they hanged out. And as a young kid, I had no idea. Um, but as a young kid, a young chef in that kitchen, these were the lessons that I was taught. It was just to be perfect. Everything had to be perfection and fine dining. And you had to take care and love what you're doing and what you put out of the kitchen so it could be loved by who is receiving it and who is eating it. Yeah. So that shared memory. And I remember... Um, we had a table, like a table 22, where everyone proposed and got married mm. because um, this was one of those beautiful restaurants that mm. somehow had like a tree in the middle of the restaurant. And this one table was elevated and everyone who was proposing asked for that table because they were more or less in the middle of the dining room. And as soon as they get down on the one knee, the whole room would get up congratulates them and almost like clap. So it was almost epic. So for me, it was a shared memory. Mm -hmm. So to realize that, that, um, that guests came in, proposed, and then they had that experience, they had that memory. And what they remembered is the soup or the chicken. Look, you got any else? It's the soup, it's the chicken. It's the duck that they had or it's the bass that they had that day. So the connecting part is the shared memory that I share with the guests when they are doing these life events like birthdays, anniversaries, or just a congratulatory date or just sharing time with your significant other um, and coming out and, uh, and spending that time with us. So it's a shared memory. Well, Chef, I can tell that, you know what, you cook with love and I loved this segment. I wish, Dr. James, we had more than an hour. I don't want to land the plane. I, I don't want to grab any oxygen mask, no emergency exit. I want to stay on the plane. I don't want it to land. I've learned so much today. Um, I'm throwing away the turkey bags. And um, well, I'm excited. Before, before we land, though. You can, brine, you can brine in it. I'm brining. I'm brining. Rachel, Rachel, give me concluding thoughts about your sommelier experience with wine to drink. Bring us home. Um, well, I had a last wine here. It's a red blend. So, you know, I said you can't go wrong with Pinot Noir. You can't go wrong with a red blend if you have like a wine snob that's like, I only drink Cabernet Sauvignon, like my grandmother. Um, that's fine. There's Cab in it. So any red blend is going to be a little more medium to full bodied. Mm. And if there's somebody who wants to drink 15% alcohol by volume, God bless them. Start with it that before that's dinner like starts. That's a big, bold flavor. That's the last glass of wine. Like drink all the other ones, have the conversation. But when you want to have that final bite of turkey, mm -hmm. this is the wine yep. that you want to drink. Very versatile. So, you know, Pinot Noir, Red Blend, can't go wrong. Sparkling can't go wrong. So before, during, after... You know, I always think that it's the, it's the easiest, thoughtful thing to bring uh, to, to Thanksgiving. Um, and all of these selections were like under 20 bucks. So, you know, don't feel like you have to like spend an arm and a leg. No. 
for this one. That is awesome. That is awesome. So better to get two bottles of wine. <laughs> or a case. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. Hey, it's Chef, just, Chef, you know that when you've had too many, then you eat more, right? <laughs> Listen. What is that? I, I, I don't want to land the plane, Shannon. This has been a phenomenal, phenomenal show. Typically, we provide personal power. We provide tips on authenticity and dealing and working in a diverse workplace. But today, today, we had the, the cooking, baking, turkey prowess and the sommelier prowess of Rachel Barkley, general manager, the Pyramid Club, and world-renowned chef Silva we thank you so much. I can't wait to watch the recording. You can go and see it on our YouTube channel or go to the website. Thank you for joining us. Wow. Thank you. Again, next week. and you still were Jim Pacted. Take care. <laughs>